0: Well, welcome, welcome to part two of Simply Christmas. Today's message is titled, A Long Journey. Our series is Simply Christmas. It's this year, I think a lot of people have simplified things, and Christmas for many people this year is going to be a little bit simpler. Simpler in terms of gifts, simpler in terms of maybe the layout of the table, simpler in terms of how many people are going to gather around tables, And in terms of our series, we decided let's just simply focus on the story of Christmas, simply Christmas. We heard last week in part one, the origin of Christmas is not Christian, but Jewish. The Jews had a longing, expectation of the Messiah, and that is actually the origin of Christmas. We also heard that uh, Christmas was not a one-night event You know, we tend to, in Christmas time, we kind of group everything around the nativity scene. We put kind of everybody there. But it was not a one-night event. It evolved over a period of time. It started with that angelic visitation to Zechariah in the temple. And unfolded until the day that Jesus was born. The Christmas story and season extends beyond that night in which he was born to the significant visit of the wise men from the east. After that visitation, we kind of look at the rest of the life of Jesus being his childhood and then his adulthood, getting to ministry, and all the way up to his ascension. But today, We look back and we celebrate the birth of Jesus as an event that happened about 2,000 years ago. We look back at Christmas. But the journey to that day, 2,000 years ago, was a long one. And today we're going to look at some of those journeys. It was a long journey in terms of time. I don't know if you realize this, but it took a long time for Christmas to happen. From the time that the coming of the Savior was promised until it actually happened was a long journey of thousands of years. God is never in a hurry, is he? I mean, I'm sure you've found this out already. God, please help. And then you wait. And very often God comes in the last second, (laughs) you know. So God doesn't seem to hurry things very much. Thousands of years. The, the first mention of the coming of the Savior happened in the Garden of Eden. Now, how, how far back is that? Very long ago. Now, remember those, those six chapters of the Bible, which I shared with you earlier this year. I said the Bible can be divided in six chapters, all of them with one single word, all beginning with the word see. Remember, it's creation. Crisis, covenant, Christ, church, and consummation. The whole Bible can be summed up in those six stages. Well, in creation, God creates this beautiful world. Puts a garden in the earth and creates Adam and Eve. And all goes well until crisis happens. They cave in to temptation and sin enters the world. But in that moment of crisis... God is there. It seems as if paradise is lost. But God makes a statement that indicates that one day things will turn around. In Genesis chapter 3 and verse 15, this is what God said. I will put enmity between you and the woman. He's talking to the snake now, okay? To you and the woman. And between your seed and the woman's seed. He will bruise your head, and you will bruise his heel. Now, the reference to seed in this verse was not just a general reference to all the descendants of Eve, but to a particular seed, a particular person that comes out of the generations of Eve. You notice in that verse that God refers to this seed, to this descendant as he. He says, he will bruise your head. It's not everybody, it's a particular person in the descendancy. He will bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel. And so the moment of crisis, that moment of crisis becomes a moment of promise. The next Bible chapter is covenant. Where God finds a person who trusts him and makes covenant with him. And we are talking here about Abraham. Because Abraham trusted God, God promised to make him the father of many nations. It seemed unlikely for an old couple. But God is faithful and Sarah did conceive in her old age and Isaac was born. And God gave a very specific promise to Abraham. He said, amongst many things he promised Abraham, he said the following in Genesis twenty-two eighteen: 18. In your seed, again, in your seed, one seed, in your seed, all the generations of the earth shall be blessed because you have obeyed my voice. Now, as we know, Abraham, from Abraham came the Jewish nation. And out of the Jewish nation came Christ, Christ, which is the next big chapter in the Bible. Now, it is generally understood that the use of the word seed in this verse doesn't refer just to the descendants of Abraham, but to one specific descendant of Abraham, Jesus. And in him, in Jesus Christ, all the nations of the earth shall be blessed. Listen, Jesus came for all. Amen? People of all nations find salvation and blessing in Jesus. And and so these prophecies given about 4,000 years ago to Adam and Eve. And about 2,000 years ago to Abraham. They found their fulfillment in the events of Christmas. Hmm. In the events of Christmas. The birth of the Savior. It was a long journey eh? of time. Of course, during that covenant chapter of the Bible, many of the prophecies were given concerning the Messiah. Many details about the life of Jesus were predicted. And in fact, calculations have been made and it is practically impossible for one man in one lifetime to fulfill all those prophecies. I don't want to get into that, but it will be an interesting exercise for you to research that yourself. But here are a couple of prophecies that, that were made during that time. A virgin will give birth and call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. He would be born in Bethlehem. A massacre of children would happen at Messiah's birthplace. The Messiah will end up in Egypt. The Messiah would be preceded by a forerunner who was John. His ministry would begin in Galilee. Jesus would teach in parables. Jerusalem will rejoice as the Messiah comes to her upon a donkey. He will be betrayed by 30 pieces for 30 pieces of silver. Messiah would be rejected by his own people. And there are many more. Hundreds of prophecies about this Messiah were made during that covenant period. But the point here is this it was a long journey, okay? It was a long journey. But along this long journey, Many signposts had been given to the Jewish people so they would know when Messiah would come. In spite of this long journey and in spite of hundreds of prophecies, they missed his coming. They did not recognize the times and seasons. However, a group of men, probably familiar with some of the Jewish scriptures and prophecies, They recognized what time it was, and they too made a long journey. It was a long journey in terms terms of time, yes. But it was also a long journey for the men from the east. About the time that Jesus was born, about the time of the birth of Jesus, a bright star shone in the night sky. Far away in Persia, wise men noticed it. It says in Matthew chapter 2, verses 1 and 2. Now, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star in the east and have come to worship him. (laughs) Now listen, we do not know how many they were. Some traditions say there were three. Some say there were four. Some say there were more. The fact is, we do not know for sure. All we know is that they did come. They were probably familiar with Jewish prophecies. Remember that Jews had been taken captive to Babylon, and when they went to Babylon, they took with them their scriptures, their traditions, their beliefs. Everything went with them. When they were allowed to return back to Israel, many of them stayed in Babylon. And with them stayed, the their, their word, what you know as the Old Testament, the prophet stayed over there. And so these men who were scholars, they had access to the Jewish traditions and, and, and Jewish scripture, scriptures. I also remember that Daniel, the prophet Daniel, had been a respected member of the Babylonian government. And so these guys would have known about this and would have had access to his writings too. And Daniel, he had uh, written a, a, a very specific timeline of the coming of Messiah. You can read this in Daniel chapter 9. And so these men, as scholars, would had access to all this information. And they were observing. They were watching. And so when they saw the star, they took it as a sign of a newborn king. And they set out to see and to greet this king. It was a long journey. Of many kilometers. Which took a long time. Many months. But they came. By the time they found Jesus. Jesus was not in a manger anymore. But in a house. In a home. We're reading Matthew chapter 2 verse 11. And when they had come into the house. Okay. Not manger. Into the house. They saw the young child with Mary, his mother, and fell down and worshipped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented gifts to him, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. They brought him gifts fit for a king. Gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Some of you may remember that last year, this time, we did a study of these gifts. Remember? Remember? We even burned some myrrh and frankincense here to kind of get the, the feel of it, all right? And you can go back to our sermons page in our website and you can recap those studies if you missed them. But they were very important, very precious gifts. I want you to take notice of this. God worked through Abraham and the Jewish nation to reveal his power and authority to the world. Although Messiah would come from the Jews, he would not come only for the Jews. The fact that God announced the coming of Messiah to these distant Gentiles shows his love and grace for all humanity. God desires for all to know him. Amen. It is sad to notice that the Jewish religious leaders who had all the prophecies and all the promises of the coming of the Messiah, they missed his arrival. Foreigners who perhaps had less information than these priests and religious leaders, they acknowledged him and they worshipped him. They took note of his arrival. You see, those Jewish religious leaders had their own preconceived ideas of how Messiah should come and would come. Those foreigners, all they were doing was watch and wait. They were watching and waiting. Watching and, and waiting. No preconceived ideas. All they knew is that it was near. They could see the time is near. According to the prophecies, the time is near. And so they watched and they waited. Now what about you? What about you? Have you got your preconceived ideas about the return of Jesus? Have you got all your maps and your charts and you're watching this? Or are you simply watching and waiting? It's clear from Scripture. It's clear from the events of the world that his return is to be soon. He's soon going to return. But if you get stuck to maps, charts, it must happen this way. It must happen that way. You could miss it. Let us do like the wise men did. Simply watch and wait. Be ready. Watch and wait. Keep living for the Lord. Amen. Keep living for the Lord. <laughs> Amen. Well, and then of course, there was another journey we're going to talk about. And that was the long journey of Mary. Yes, it was a long journey for Mary. Twice. Twice. Okay, we cannot tend to miss that in Christmas. But Mary made a long journey twice, two long journeys. The Bible says that after the angel spoke to Mary, we spoke about that last week. After the angel spoke to Mary, she hurried to the house of Elizabeth in Judea. I remember Judea is south of Jerusalem. She lived way up north of Jerusalem. She had to make all the way down to Judea. And, And the Bible calls Judea a hill country. So it was not easy traveling. And back in those days, they did not have shuttles, air, you know, air transport, nothing. Most of the trip would have been done by foot, walking. And so, it was a long journey. Probably a few days, many days, for Mary to make this journey all the way down to Zechariah's house. Zechariah's home. As she entered Zechariah's home and greeted Elizabeth, something interesting happened. In Luke chapter 1, verses 41 to 44... We read the following, and it happened. When Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary, that the babe leaped in her womb. Notice that, the babe leaped in her womb. And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. And then she spoke out with a loud voice and said, Blessed are you among women, Mary, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. But why is it granted to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For indeed, as soon as the voice of your greeting sounded in my ear, the babe leaped in my womb for joy. People, the first person to perceive the presence of the unborn Jesus, the unborn baby Jesus, was another unborn baby. (laughs) John, in his mother's womb. Hmm. Mary was pregnant probably Only a few days, yet the child in her womb could be perceived by the child in Elizabeth's womb. Remember from last week that the angel told Zechariah that his son would be filled with the Holy Spirit from his mother's womb. And here we see the manifestation of that. As Mary walks in and and greets Elizabeth, baby John perceives that Jesus is in the room and jumps for joy in Elizabeth's room. And and this causes Elizabeth to be filled with the Spirit and to praise God and to confirm prophetically all that was told to Mary that would be fulfilled. I, I want you to notice something else about this part of the story of Christmas. Listen carefully. Elizabeth calls John babe or baby. He said the babe in my womb. Then born John. She calls him baby. And then if you go to chapter 2 of Luke, it says that the shepherds found Mary and Joseph and the babe or baby in the manger. The point is this. The same Greek word is used both for the unborn baby as well as the newborn baby. God's word in this episode reveals to us that an unborn baby is as much a person as a newborn baby. We need to take note of this. It is a lie of the devil that causes pro-choice people today to think that an unborn child is just a fetus and not a person. And as a fetus, it can be discarded, aborted at will. They are not discarding a fetus. According to the word of God, they are killing a person. John was as much a baby in his mother's womb as he was in his mother's arms. Jesus was as much a baby in Mary's womb as he was lying in a manger. And this lesson is also part of the Christmas story. Well, after remaining with Elizabeth for three months, Mary made a long travel back home again. Six months later, she had to make another long journey. Caesar Augustus issued a decree that all should be registered in the city of their birth. Since Joseph was from David's lineage, he had to be registered in Bethlehem. So he and Mary made a long journey to Bethlehem. Again, all the way there from the north, all the way down to Bethlehem. This time, Mary was very pregnant. (laughs) Hey. That long journey did not help. So soon after arriving in Bethlehem, it was time to give birth. we read reading Luke chapter 2, verses 6 to 7. So it was that while they were there in Bethlehem, the days were completed for her to be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger, because there was no room for them in the inn. Uh, Just something, by the way, notice as well it says, she brought forth her firstborn son. Not her only son, firstborn, which means Jesus had brothers and sisters, just by the way, okay? Now, it was a long way for Mary from Nazareth to Bethlehem to the manger. But you know what? This journey ended at the right time, just when it should. It wasn't too soon, it wasn't too late. As awkward as it was, as uncomfortable as it was, this long journey ended at the right time, at the right place. Galatians chapter 4, verse 4 and 5 says, But in the fullness of time, when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his Son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who are under the law that we might receive the adoption as sons. Notice, when the fullness of time had come, when the right time had arrived, when God's time had arrived, boom, the baby was born. We might think it was a whole bunch of, you know, everything going wrong, a comedy of errors, everything is going wrong, and, and now she's going to travel far away, leave her home, and all the kind of... Everything was happening according to a master plan. And when the fullness of time came, Mary was in the right place at the right time to give birth to Jesus. Amen. All these events may seem random to us as we read about them. But everything was going according to God's plan and God's timing. Jesus was not born too soon nor too late. I just want to encourage you today to remember this. Your life matters to God trust him so that you too at the right time may experience his intervention in your life no matter what it is that you need trust him at the right time for his intervention your life matters more than just the years you live here on earth It is God's wish that we would spend our earthly life with him. And then eternity in his presence. Hallelujah. Life on earth will have its challenges. But when you get to spend eternity with him, everything that Jesus accomplished for us, we can enjoy. And eternity in a place of joy. An eternity in a place of peace, of love, where there is no sin, sickness, sadness, or death. And this invitation to spend this life and eternity with Him is part of the Christmas story too. It's an invitation for all of us, for everyone, no matter where in the world you are, no matter your background, this invitation is for you too. Listen, of all that we have uh, studied this year, perhaps we studied about Jesus, okay? We studied a lot of things about Jesus this year, but perhaps what made the greatest impression on me as I studied and as I preached was that series we did on uh, Colossians, remember? And the realization. Of the colossal Savior that we have, uh, so supreme creator of all, no authority higher than his. And yet this supreme being, this colossal being, instead of bursting upon human history in a show of power and authority, Jesus enters our world in the form of. Of a helpless baby. Born far from his parents home. In a humble stable. This is the story of Christmas. And it will continue next week. As we bring this series to a close. Please join us next Sunday. As we conclude Simply. Christmas. If you can't be present, join us online, but uh, don't miss next Sunday's service. As we normally do when Christmas is on a Saturday, we will not have a Christmas service on Christmas Day, and on Sunday, it will be our Christmas service. So, join us in person, join us online, but don't miss Sunday's service. And then, on behalf of my family and I, we want to wish all of you, all of you guys watching, a very blessed Christmas. Yes, it might be a little bit different this year, but may it be filled with the peace of the Lord, with the joy of the Lord. Amen. Those of you traveling, we go with you, okay? So even if you're traveling, you can watch us next Sunday, wherever you are. Just tune in at the right time as we bring the series to a close. Amen. Let us stand up and let us close in prayer. Hallelujah. Hmm. Lord, as we look at the story of Christmas, simply the Christmas story, thank you, Lord, for the little truths and, and great truths being revealed to us as we journey through this story, Lord. So many important things that are in your heart, God. Your love for us, your patience with humanity, your show of humility, your timing, Lord. Never too early, never too late. I pray to help each one of us, Lord, to put our trust in you. Even when life is challenging, even when things are difficult, even when we have no answers to the circumstances around us. Help us to keep our eyes on you, to keep trusting in you, Lord God to keep believing in your promises, to keep watching and waiting, Lord, knowing that you are faithful, Lord God. And at the right time, what needs to happen in our lives will happen. What needs to happen in the world will happen, Lord. We do not have to live in fear and panic, but only in faith, in trust, and peace in you, Lord God. So I pray you bless each of my brothers and sisters, those who are present here, those who are watching, those who are listening. Let each one of us, Lord God, have this childlike trust in you, Lord God, this faith in you, Lord God. And let us experience a peaceful, joyful Christmas. Simply Christmas, Lord. Not all the fanciness, not all the bells and whistles which commercialism wants to add to it, Lord God. Just the joy of Jesus. Just like that first Christmas. Nothing fancy. Just the joy of Jesus. We pray this in Jesus' name, Lord. And now, may the love of God the Father, the grace and the peace of our Lord Jesus Christ, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit, be upon each one of you, be upon each one of us, as we enjoy Simply Christmas. In your presence. Amen. And amen. God bless you. Have a wonderful day. And a blessed week. Amen.